Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, returning guest, my favorite, one of my favorite guests, if not my favorite guest. We've done many, many shows together. We're over 25, I think, but uh, I'm delighted to have her back, Roberta Glass of the True Crime Report. And she's here to report on really the closing of the Larry Ray, uh, Sarah Lawrence sex cult trial, which is a lot more even than a sex cult going on. Really strange facts even more facts came out that i was surprised to find out about but uh, she can talk more about that so roberta glass welcome back to the show thank you delighted uh, to be talking to you about this know, amazing I mean, trial amazing trial like the, I, we were talking the pre-show you've sat in these amazing trials the incredible trials maxwell nexium and ranieri and then this larry ray and you've made comparisons to ranieri i've read comparisons other journalists are making comparisons between ranieri and ray but it was kind of a curious trial, right? Even the, 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 can you comment about what the government did and then the defense did? Uh, in the trial? Do you're talking yeah. about just. Yeah, everything just, leading up kind of ended yesterday or today, right? Right. We had closing statements. So are you asking about closing arguments or are you asking about the entire trial? The entire trial. Let's just, let's just. So this is what I was saying to you before we started that this is the quality of trial that I expected at the Maxwell trial. And instead, I got <laughs> a very... Well, what happened in the Maxwell trial, and this became very obvious, is Audrey Strauss, who was supposed to try the case, a very experienced prosecutor, dropped out uh, or, or quit in October. And in it, it, a couple months later, they went to trial. So what we what what the government was left with was a team of younger, less experienced lawyers up against a $7 million defense team. And because of the level of press that had been around this story with Epstein and Maxwell, uh, people, I think they didn't use witnesses like Virginia Giuffre because she had done so much press. She'd written a book that was never published, all those kind of things. Uh, there was problems with the witnesses and the trial just felt kind of rushed to be put mm -hmm. together. And the, and the government just looked defeated, exhausted, unhappy. And this is quite the difference. I was telling you today for, for closing arguments, the, this is an all, all women team of amazing lawyers, great lawyers on the defense team too. But they were the government was just in a fantastic mood. They invited their friends, family, colleagues to come watch their closing statement. And they should be really proud. This has been an amazing, amazing trial. And just the level of, of lawyering is incredible on both sides. The subject matter is fascinating. Uh, just jaw-dropping moments every minute. And then we had a defendant who's been brought out in an ambulance twice. So I don't know what more you could ask for in a trial. Uh, fascinating subject, great witnesses that just cannot be brought down by, uh, cannot be brought down on cross-examination. They can't even chip at their, uh, a little bit at their, <laughs> about, about their right. testimony. It's been incredible. And it's, it has like that element of technology too, because they went through his files and they found old recordings on his phone and his computer too of the abuse, right? 
that right. they showed. Or, can you talk about that? But you say computer or phone, like there's one. There were he kept tons and tons of phones and hard drives. Oh, he lived like a hoarder style type house. Even the defense today put on. <laughs> they showed a picture of an organized, I think it was a garage or something of his is, and said, like, look, he's not always living in these crazy circumstances because his house, the closets were just falling, stuff was falling out of them. There was so much stuff packed to the top. You know, he was a hoarder. I mean, his interest in life was stuff. I mean, this cult was about him Gaining money and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so yeah, so he kept all these. He made his own evidence. The best evidence in this trial came from Larry Ray. He wow. recorded his assault on Claudia Drury, recorded audio. So what I mean when I say assault is Claudia Drury, he was one of his first devotees and victims who believed, he got her to believe that she had poisoned him under the direction of Bernard Carrick, this police chief, it's a crazy story, and even taped a confession tape. He had all these confession tapes of people saying, I, yes, I poisoned Larry Ray, Santos Rosario too. I'm recording this on my own volition and no one, no one threatened me or, or convinced me to make this, this, this confession, which was a false confession. But he also recorded Coming back to Claudia Drury's assault. So he convinced her that she had to make repairs. So meaning he had to give her money. And she was a recent Sarah Lawrence graduate, uh, math whiz. And he convinced her the best thing she could do was to prostitute herself. So he sex trafficked Claudia Drury. And she was handing over enormous amounts of money to him. $2.5 million altogether in the years. Ten to $50,000 a week. Wow. Right. Well, yeah, he challenged her to make $50,000 in a weekend. She couldn't do it, but she did it in the week. And But that wasn't enough. He said, stop giving me money and drips, <laughs> drips and drafts. So, which really was so ridiculous because it was never that it was always huge wads of cash at a time. I mean, I consider thousands of dollars, huge wads of cash, but okay. Depends on who you are. So then she was asking her clients to give her money. And we can talk about that client who lent her money and what he testified to, which was one of the most absurd, strange testimonies of the whole trial. But um, so he, so when she decided she, she was, he, he went to her hotel where she was prostituting with Isabella Pollock, who was on trial. She was his best friends with his daughter, also Sarah, former Sarah Lawrence student, sleeping and got in a relationship with Larry Ray. Those two went to Claudia Drury's hotel and tortured her, mostly Larry Ray and Isabella Pollock watching. But that's bad enough. And tied her naked, uh, handcuffed her bound her, suffocated her over and over and over and again, poured cold water on her, put her next to the air conditioner, choked her with a dog leash, uh, told her he was going to kill her, uh, motioned with a pair of scissors towards her eye that he was going to uh, gouge out her eyes and instead cut her hair. And then at the end of that whole assault, he took her iPhone. He said, uh, and, and he said, oh, can I keep this? And she goes, yeah, you have it. 
He goes, it's best if I keep this. Oh, yeah, you have it. Meaning that's how good he was. He got his victims to because they were so afraid of him to just give him whatever he wanted. They offered it. Do you know what I mean? That's a different right. level of content. So we heard some of that recording. You could hear uh, a bag rustling. And in the closing argument, one of the most insulting moments of the closing argument by the defense is where they said, Larry Ray wasn't dumb enough to record his own evidence against himself. He wasn't dumb enough to record himself doing criminal activity. He was just, what you heard with that bag rustling was him just getting some food to eat from the takeout that they ordered. That was another thing. In the middle of this, he liked to also starve these women. They were allowed no carbs at, uh, at all and few few food, always told that they were fat and Oompa Loompa was her ringtone for Claudia Drury, very petite woman. And so uh, in the middle of this assault, they ordered cheeseburgers and onion rings and a huge meal. And that was one of the defense's arguments that that huge meal could not have been eaten by Larry Ray and Talia. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Talia. I'm sorry, Isabella Pollock. Wow, that's incredible. And Drury was like his moneymaker, right? Like she yes. was the, and they were spending money by four figures at Bergdorf Goodman, Nina. Oh, Marcus. Laura Pignana. I mean, it just made me drool. <laughs> all the places, me. all the places you'd want to shop, all the best, all the best places. The best right? and the best yeah. hotels too, right? Big mm-hmm. meals, two thousand dollars. He didn't drive. She didn't drive and he didn't drive. Uh, Felicia Rosario, who was the Harvard Ivy League educated, Harvard educated doctor, who was the sister of one of the Sarah Lawrence students, who was also a victim, Santos Rosario, drove them. But she wasn't allowed to participate. And I believe and actually the government argued this in their closing that she made herself. Felicia Rosario was involved in a relationship with Larry Ray very much like Keith Ranieri, where Isabella Pollock was also sleeping with Larry Ray, but Larry Ray was telling Felicia that he was just helping her with her emotional problems and that there was nothing sexual going on. And there was something wrong with her that she saw it that way. But they argued that she had made herself unhygienic because to keep herself from being sex trafficked by Larry Ray. But the um, most insulting, you know, it was, it was odd that they gave the defense is a really great team. I'd say Glasshauser um, and Mr. and Greg Kelly are the best on that team. But then you have Marn Lennox and she is kind of like very curt, a little bit nasty and unpleasant. And she's very good at the objections, but she's not good at, uh, I didn't think she was very effective in cross-examination. And they gave her closing arguments, which I don't know if they think that they've just lost. I don't know why they would give her, she's the least likable on the defense team and also the most aggressive, why they would give her the closing arguments is, is strange. She's smart, good lawyer, but not with then I, I don't know why they would do that, but she made a whole argument, which I found I really wanted to throw. This is a, really wanted to throw tomatoes. It was so insulting <laughs> that Claudia Drury was a sexual person and she loved her quote unquote sex work, a, 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 which I find is a contradiction in terms. 
<laughs> sex work doesn't right. exist. It's only prostitution, in my opinion. And it was just kind of this woke idea that the most empowering thing you can do is um, sell sell your ass on the street and, and give all your money to your cult leader. And I made a joke on Twitter that the defense team was going to rip up their <laughs> law license after listening to Martin Lennox. Yeah, like they were going to do it. made it sound so positive. It made everybody in the courtroom want to go do it. Even sex work is kind of a woke term, right? I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous, and I'm sure that's what they're teaching Sarah Lawrence students. Working. I'm sure all that, those that girls like, they like their job. Yeah, they love. Their they, job. they, it's real work. It's just like real work, and it's a real profession that deserves it. F you, f you with that argument. No one says sex work to describe a male prostitute. It's only a, a gaslighting term for women to to sexualize themselves and and uh, demean themselves and he had on his phone picture or the videos of her working right or something like that didn't he have some kind of pornographic stuff that was only shown to the jury maybe not um there was a picture of claudia drury's body bruised body that was shown to the jury uh that he also got her interested you know he groomed her he got her he told her that it'd be more sexually open that Isabella Pollock, who had all these giant dildos and sex toys, was the most amazing, what do you call it? What would be a word for it? Like you reach a new, enlightened woman, the ultimate woman that she's so sexually alive and, and in touch with herself and that she should be like this. And he talked to her about BDSM and got her involved in the most demeaning, violent BDSM. You, you right, like horrible right. stuff for hours. Horrible right? stuff hours. And then he said, do you want me to help you out? I'll, I'll teach you not to flinch. So he hit her over a period of hours until she stopped flinching. That's what Epstein did. He did that with uh, Jufre. She writes about that. So that's also kind of, uh, was any of that, that was pretty much in that DOS too, right? Ranieri? Was kind of was he kinked out? Yes, yes. They were ordering. It was a master slave. Das was master slave. It's the same thing, and they're the same ideology that that we're going to be. This is a feminist thing, and we're empowering ourselves, and we're getting stronger as women. It's always taught to to women as as this is for your own good. This is empowering, and then I'm going to demean you, right? Right. So it's like. It's uh, but demeaning is being demeaned is 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 power. It's power, right? right. It, and I think the whole world is being gaslighted with this ideology. So it's interesting. It's like all these court cases are a microcosm of what I consider a really evil ideology. And I'm looking at the defense, and this is a huge team of people. They take up a whole. So not only do they have their where they sit at their table in the courtroom, but they have a bench wow. <laughs> like a sports team behind them of support people. So there's a teacher from Columbia who oversees everything. There's, I don't even know who all these people are paralegals who wheel in giant, the giant troves of files in the mornings. You, you know, they, there's so much support for this defense team. And, uh, I think there's two people for the government. <laughs> wow, that's so amazing! I, and 
they were he was paying for his defense. Is that correct, or was it? No, was it, this is know? a government appointed federal lawyers, and they are fantastic. And boy, did Claire Bruffman, a gentleman sitting next to me, remark. Boy, did Claire, who sat through the next some of the next same trial, remark to me. Boy, did Claire Bruffman get ripped off because. She spent thirteen point eight million, I think, altogether on the Nexium cruise defense and her own, and she did not get half of this kind of defense. So, really, it's exciting to see always good lawyering. I was disappointed by this closing argument by the defense. I don't know if it was out of frustration or that they feel like they're losing and that this was some kind of last attempt will just attack the victims and all the witnesses because they yesterday they just sort of rehashed their opening statement. I thought, Oh, well, that's not going to be that great. If they just rehash this idea that they were all storytellers and you can only understand what happened. If you go through the looking glass and the, the uh, government fired back today, this is not Alice, Alice in Wonderland. The defense is not magicians and they can't change the evidence. They can't make new evidence wow. magically appear. I thought that was very smart. Yeah, great, great point. And, and this was Danielle Sassoon who did the closing for the government. Fan freaking tastic. Really great job. And what you would, I think you wrote, a, I saw your Twitter earlier. It was her last sentence was, Let your common sense be your compass. Find yes. you're very guilty right now. It's good. It's a good little easy way to encapsulate all. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. She had, she had gotten permission to bring in a podium. So this is the only time that any of the lawyers that I remember in this trial had stepped out of their glat or plastic encased COVID podium. And she had this podium moved all the way to the jury, took off her mask and delivered this straight to the jury, her rebuttal statement. It was, it was good. And, and the, he was, wasn't sure whether he was going to testify or not until this week, right? Until yesterday it was up in here. Is that right? Yeah, I really, I, I, you know, he walks in, I see him walk in most mornings. I'm usually there a little early. And he kind of struts in, no handcuffs, two marshals come in before him. And then he kind of is a little bit behind them, just sort of strutting in in these really expensive button-down shirts and slacks or cashmere sweaters. He still has some of that wardrobe. And he looks like he owns the place. I'm surprised he didn't testify, but he has to know. He's not a dumb person. He has to know. There's just nothing to say. He would just be destroyed. So I, I was I was hoping that he'd be so arrogant that he'd want to testify, but that didn't happen. Didn't happen. And then we talked, his dad was sometimes in the courtroom. Like I saw a picture of him in an article today. The father, who goes by Greco, right? That was mm-hmm. Ray's kind of pseudonym. But his dad was around in the, in the trial, right? In he looks like a character out of The Sopranos, like one of the older New Jersey... <laughs> Guys, that's what he looks like. I saw him immediately. I knew immediately who he was when he came in the first day. Again, he came in like he owns. He just he comes in a kind of high status, like he owns the courtroom, and he's dressed like um, I don't know, like a Joe Schmo on the street, you know, right. like a, a winter coat and a hat and stuff, you know, just very 
normal kind of guy, no fancy clothes or anything, but you know who he is. He feels like, and he got in trouble because he was pulling his mask down under his nose and that got brought and making faces and it got brought to the government's attention and he got admonished that he had to pull up his mask. But he, he just has an air like this is his courtroom. He owns it. You know, it's his world. You're living it. I wonder, I don't know what he does. If he's a mob, he, he comes off like a mobster. I don't know if he is or not. He's not, I mean, he's fairly old. He's 82. So it's, it is interesting that he's there supporting his son who, I mean, the evidence looks pretty damn damning to me. How long I mean, do you think that? Sorry, even, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even if the jury comes out, come, the biggest win for the defense would be to get half the charges thrown thrown out, or not thrown out, you know, whatever, acquitted on, on half the charges. That Even that is going to put him away for life, I would think. Right. Well, I mean, what is it, 18 counts? 15. Is there 18? I thought there were 15. I mean, no, I, I was looking at my notes. It was... 18 counts. Yeah, that's oh, what I, I have. Oh, I heard 15. But sometimes they take them out. Like they did that to Maxwell. They took out the two perjury charges mm-hmm. to retry her. So maybe something happened during the court. I didn't follow that. I may have misheard, but it, it's enough. There's a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sex trafficking, forced labor. The thing that I, I thought maybe might not fly with a jury is the forced labor conspiracy. And that has to do with him bringing these Sarah Lawrence students down to his stepfather. This is a different character than the one we just talked about. This is Mr. Ray, Gordon Ray's house in North Carolina and having them do this kind of heavy, heavy construction work. The defense tried to paint them as all sort of spoiled people, spoiled kids who'd never held a rake in their life and never done yard work. (laughs) And that was their objection to working on little sleep (laughs) into the, into the wee small out redoing their work, never ever accomplishing anything, always having to redo everything, basically tearing up an entire backyard, putting in piping, giant piping in a thunderstorm in North Carolina. We saw a video of that that they were all spoiled and that they didn't want to work. I wonder if that's going to fly the forced labor conspiracy, but I, I can't see how, it, I, I think he's guilty on everything basically, I <laughs> but right. I don't, I don't know how, 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 what, how the jury's going to go. They did look a little like bemused at the defenses. That was some of them did at the defenses closing. I looked over and they just looked like, this is too much. It's a little bit like a witness lying to you on the stand when they, they give you this just really hard to believe given the evidence closing statement. It, it does make you feel a little, it feels physically, it feels like aggressive. That's all I can say. Interesting. You know what I mean, it, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they found other stuff. Was there more stuff about him reading about mind control or then they find additional evidence? I know that they found certain things or you shared some stuff with me, but wasn't there more things that he was like researching on his computer about? Yeah. We heard uh catatomic states and cult settings. That's not a complete uh, mind. Uh, why people stay and leave in cults. He talked to them about mind control. They found a a host of articles that he kept about mind control and cults and how you mastering uh, 
<laughs> why people stay or leave in cults. It seems like given that he was a convict, he and given that his high most of his high profile friendships, i.e. Bernard Carrick and Tommaso had gone sour. How was he going to make money now that he's out of prison? He goes directly to Sarah Lawrence from prison, directly to Sarah Lawrence. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> moves in with his daughter there, moves in with his daughter's friend into his friend's dorm, daughter's friend's, female friend's dorm room, is sleeping with her, lives there for six months and starts this cult. It seems like it was something, and there's also a letter presented from Talia his daughter, that they had cooked this up together, that he was going to help her friends. Did Talia know that he had his sights set on a cult? Maybe. She comes off as a really unstable character, and there's certainly some questions in my mind whether they had some kind of incestuous relationship. It's a very odd, weird, very, almost like girlfriend-boyfriend relationship they had. Uh, very dark, yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy's super dark. And it's almost like a Manson story. Like Manson comes out. He was only out of jail for like two years. Uh, I mean, he came out just starting to pick up people. You know, did Manson James do Smith. this though? Did he? He did he seemed, beat his 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 devotees like this? Did he I, force them was, into prostitution in this way? Did he? I mean, I he controlled he the, them. There's no question he controlled them. He used Ray used the term family. So it's the Ray family, right? So he's using these same kind of terminology, right? The Manson family, Ray family. There's similarities. I'm not saying this guy's as malevolent as Manson, but that's what I'm saying. I was just wondering. I was thinking in my head. It was a man. Would it have been better if Charles Manson had come on the Sarah Lawrence campus for six months? And I might say, yeah, I might say that Manson might be a little bit better than this guy. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and this is one of the worst predators I have ever read about, heard about, been around. I don't know. I thought Ranieri, Ranieri, it comes off as an intellectual with that soft voice. And that, because he's so deceiving, that also is a different, deceptive in his presentation. This guy comes off like a street thug. He swears nonstop. His language is disgusting. He calls these kids hemorrhoids and worms in the video and audio that we've heard in presented in court so that's yeah. amazing I, I didn't know but there's something in in my reading of this case granted i can't say i've gone to the court like you have but he they seem to have looked up to him as like a cult figure gets looked up to as a person of wisdom and somebody who can help them so there's that element of ranieri and manson as well where mm -hmm. they're abusive as <laughs> all heck right but they're also there's something about them where I'm here to help you. I'm giving you. That's calm, right. You know, That's counseling. right. It's just the way Scientology or any other cult works. Right. Exactly. We can help you with that. What's your problem? They find out what your issues are, your weaknesses are. They assess you right right away and say, oh, we can help you. That's the Scientology. And, That's that um, personality test. That's the first thing they do. Mm -hmm. And you, it's a test you never win. Nobody gets an A. So they, no. they, yeah, the, the outcome is, oh, I see that you have some something wrong. There's, that's the always the outcome. So if you once you go into that test thinking it's a objective test, it's not. And that, that's Mark, one of the first Mark things they hand out. Who took that test said they 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 said he had a total lack of accord. 
<laughs> whatever that means. I just thought and that was funny. We talked two weeks ago about this case, or maybe we did a longer one. The update. When did we talk about the original? But the word, oh yeah, it was uh, three weeks ago. But that one, the word I couldn't remember from Ranieri was collateral. So that was mm. the word Nexium used, but I think that was the concept that Ray uh, also used. So they had that same kind of uh, blackmail collateral, which Scientology, it comes out of Scientology. Yeah. He said, make repairs. That was the, his big thing, Larry Ray. You're making repairs by, like by giving him money. The oh, only okay. way, and the only way he could be paid back is financial. It was never like you you scratched my pan. Here you can give me a hug and apology. That'll suffice. <laughs> it was it's always money. money and a lot of it. And so this other kid bankrupted his his or, or put his not bankrupted, that's an exaggeration, put his parents travel agency into debt, borrowing money because he he felt he told them that he was gonna commit suicide if he didn't hand over of this money to Larry Ray, he really convinced these kids that he'd poisoned the, he'd po that these kids had poisoned. He convinced these kids that they had poisoned they were him. Poisoned him, right? And these these videos are so interesting because they're really like um, prisoner or people who've been kidnapped videos, hostage right. videos. Their eyes are all blank, <laughs> and there's no expression in what they're saying. And sometimes he makes them. You can hear Larry Ray feeding them details and telling them they're not giving enough details and no one's going to believe them and, and do it better, do it this way. So he directed the their confession videos. It's incredible. There was a video, I think it was on Daily Mail out of the UK, of him holding, I think, Rosario, and she's howling. It's really super disturbing. But oh, for yeah. like five minutes. Not yeah. like for 30 minutes, but it's extended kind of torture things that he's doing he's he's really laying it on deep it's not he yeah he the, was using techniques yeah the more disturbing one was the one they showed in north carolina with felicia rosario this is this ivy league educated doctor and she has become totally childlike and dependent on larry ray and and she looks completely malnourished and unwell, and he's telling her that if she is going to behave and going to to in a good, it's going to be in a good state of mind that she will sit in a chair and stay there and prove it to him. So, what disturbed me so much about that was that that's a tr he makes he's making her a trap to do what he wants. So. If you're going to prove to me that you're good, then you're going to sit in this chair for hours. And he made her sleep outside for days on end. And she was eating from a fig tree, uh, going to the bathroom outside while they all slept in the, the bedrooms in the house, wow. like, a, like a dog. That's classic. That's right out of Scientology. They would throw you in the brig or whatever and not feed you, mm -hmm. but they would add to it by you knowing everybody else was in perfect shape, right? So you, you had to be perceptive when you were in that brig that everybody else had food and was sleeping well. You know what I mean? So that was part of the torture. Like, oh, you're outside. We're inside. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's amazing. And and the other interesting thing about Felicia Rosario's testimony that the 
is that she's still unsure if she was poisoned or not. She still believes in some way, she's not totally out of the cult mindset, that she was poisoned by these people, by maybe Bernard Carrick via her brother or Claudia Drury, but she thinks it's unlikely. So she's starting to move her way out of it, but she's still unsure. She's still in it. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, that's how powerful it is. If you're really using those techniques, what is the title of that file? He had catatonic and psychotic symptoms owing to the trauma of captivity in a cult environment. I think it's one of Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank but, you. Um, yeah, it's really incredible. Like just working them over and, and having the will to do it. You have to kind of be. A, and I, did you get anything else? I mean, we talked kind of the mystery about his background, but his dad is 82. Looks like a mobster. I'm not saying he's a mobster. Uh, but he was definitely involved in getting Carrick thrown in jail, right? Right. Exposing that. So that, yes. that was his friend at one point, too, right? Right. He was the best man at his wedding. So that is true. He was involved in some kind of securities fraud and caught, is my understanding. And, and because of his participation in the Bernard Carrick thing, his testimony, he was given probation in his security fraud case. That's, but besides that, I don't have a really good understanding of his whole life history and all, and his work history. It, it's still pretty much a, a mystery to me. It was, uh, and the other thing I want to say is, I wonder if all these kids who grow up to be adults who end up on this defense team raised on were they just raised on to kill a mockingbird and 12 angry men and they think they're they're gonna defend some great innocent man and they get cases like the yes. chelsea bomber was another case that this supervisor did uh the this guy who injured 30 people by setting off a bomb in in, in uh, manhattan <laughs> that guy and now Larry Wright. This is the reality of who you end up defending. People like really evil people like Larry Wright. I know everyone deserves a defense, but I wonder if you get disillusioned. Right. Well, <laughs> it, it doesn't sound like good yeah. work. I don't know. They don't. They don't seem to. I was just. I came home so happy that whatever I've done in my life, I've never defended a Larry Ray mm -hmm. or a Chelsea Bomber. I don't, I think, I don't, you know, the, for as lawyers have to be objective, I don't think it's easy for everybody, you know, to, to take that role, but you, you justify it by saying that you have to prosecute somebody, you have to follow the steps in the law to ensure Absolutely. justice, and so you're they, allowed a vigorous defense. I'm glad he's getting a vigorous defense. It was great up until the closing argument, really. I, I really admire them up until this it really just the second day they had broken it up into two days. So we had 20 minutes of the beginning of the defense's closing argument yesterday. And this was the rest of it. And, and it just went South today. I don't, I think they, I mean, can you defend Larry Ray without attacking his victims? I, I, I would think you could, but that's where the turn took where I just felt it got really unnecessarily nasty and sleazy and ridiculous mm -hmm. today. Well, they kind of have to do what they have to do. This guy doesn't have very many, if any, redeeming qualities. So they right. probably didn't mention like, oh, he was at church on Sunday, you know, helping. He was a he was a grifter. He was just a, you know. Well, they said he wanted to help and that he wasn't dumb enough to 
he wasn't he was really only trying to help and that's why he filmed his filmed and taped his own evidence against himself he he would never do that if he thought he was engaging in criminal activity that is absurd i love that and you hear that argument all the time that criminals are smarter too smart they too plan smart. too well to have done this crime right he probably didn't think that he was going i mean something tells me about the 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 gaps in his past the shadiness of his past and i haven't seen a timeline from any reputable journalistic source right they have nobody has found out what this guy has done before he got out at 52 and out of jail they know that he's affiliated with Carrick but like you you can see this, these timelines on almost everybody's CV everybody's you know resume shows I was here for three years and then I was there for four years and then I did that like well, he says he was nothing. in the CIA but I wouldn't I would I, wouldn't I would say that that anyone who's saying that they were in the CIA <laughs> means that they probably were but I, I I don't know what's true right. and what's not with him, and maybe they're saving it for the Hulu documentary to give us the full story. Right. Maybe there is that also that feeling, which I find very unpleasant in trials, where there is some money um, invested in some kind of entertainment thing that's going to come out, and there's that feeling that that like like don't report too much don't ruin my thing you know what oh, i mean this I is my that. thing i'm gonna make money on it this is you know that kind of thing who so is? maybe you're saving who? that for the hulu documentary i don't know i mean there's definitely territoriality in that uh reporter slash true crime environment i mean i guess that's just the world really i mean mm -hmm. uh, you know even even when i was kind of researching the far right i mean not a lot of help from certain people who could have really just made things a lot easier very simply but uh, anyway. there's been some really um laura collins from the daily mail um has been really really lovely there's there was a um wannabe uh law student named jess who i talked to it was really interesting had some of the most insightful things to say about about the case um there's been some interesting people that i've met uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. The the who you feel the Hulu people there. <laughs> they know they're they're working. They're on taking it. notes and they're working on it. And I would think that this will be an explosive must watch thing that it will take off. I can't imagine it, it going underground. I, I don't think they will. I mean, they'll turn him into a Mephistopheles type person. That's probably the way I say. Bald head, you know, kind of like uh, Anton Lavey. And, and these hapless poor kids, you know, who got, I mean, there is that kind of thing about Manson. Manson was like 20 years older than his family, right? Mm -hmm. So they were all in their early 20s or something. And he was like 37 when he got out. So there were, and they obviously, there's real similarities. Like, what's this guy's past? I want to know what his past is. Super shady. Yeah, I wish strange. I could tell you. I wish I, I know. could uh, we'd give you more information. But It's just like, I come out of jail at 52 and. I'm, you know, going in, but something tells me, like, I got the intuited or kind of deduced that he was, had known elements of mind control. He was reading it. And then that came out. Something tells me that this isn't his first go round. Something tells me he's might've done something similar like this in his past, but he didn't get busted for it. That would be, that would be my guess. That's interesting. We heard also testimony from a lawyer. <laughs> he asked this lawyer, if I'm getting repaid, uh, uh, 
if I'm getting a, a payment, I don't know if he called it a loan or what was the, basically Claudia Drury is repaying me for damages for something that she damned for property damage. Uh, do I have to pay taxes? And the lawyer said, no, and the government did a great, uh, uh, great argument saying, well, Larry Ray didn't ask this guy who testified if I'm sex trafficking Claudia Drury to the tune of $2.5 million. Do, is that okay? <laughs> I think that there was a forfeiture provision in the complaint, right? At the very end. I think they want him to forfeit his money. So I hope, so. I hope they is, do. Yeah. Where it is, what's left. He seemed to, at the end, when Claudia Drury escaped, thank heavens, with the help of one of her Johns, uh, he was really desperate for money. And uh, and he went back to Felicia Rosario's brother, Santos, but Santos could not provide the kind of money that Claudia did. So he was in bad shape. It's really interesting that these cults always seem to go down at the end when the, when the money something go, when when the money is starting to run out they very rarely get brought down at the high, at their height interesting well how long do you think the jury will deliberate that's what i'm trying to figure out uh i'm going to be there waiting for the verdict i think for some of it i hope uh many, but i'm afraid that that they're going to do it i'm going to think that they're going to take a while and i'm going to miss it somehow I would think it would be two and a half days. There's yeah, a lot of charges. I yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say by Friday, I think they'll be done. I think that this is pretty, the evidence is overwhelming. So, mm -hmm. and there was, there wasn't much seemingly from the defense. There wasn't anything. He didn't testify. No character uh, witnesses about his good character, right? Nothing. No, no, no. And he's so awful in these audio and video. His yeah. true nature has been and on he was, trial. <laughs> I think the the complaint was filed under Berman, right? So it went Berman, Strauss, and then the new guy, uh, right? So he was, I think he was arrested in Are you talking 2020. About, not Bragg, right? There's someone else, right? I think there's a new guy in Africa. Yeah, America. I think he was in the court courtroom today. The oh. the over the new the top people, the new U.S. attorney, yeah. The U.S. Attorney, who is uh, let me look it up. The U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York. It's not Bragg, right? It's someone else. Um, yeah, da, 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 da. Well, it doesn't say right away. U.S. Attorney. No, it doesn't have his name right away. It doesn't come up on the page. It's somewhere in here. That office is in. <laughs> They've had some like... turnover, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tons of term turnover. I mean, not, like uh, nobody wants to work for a quarter of what you can make as a defense attorney at long hours with a lot of cases with yeah, this and with a, with absolutely skyrocketing crime problem in New York. Just crazy. I mean, it seems to be getting crazy, huh? Oh, it's awful. It's awful. They, uh, the DA, uh, Manhattan DA Bragg said, that he's now making robbing someone with a gun or, or a knife now back to a felony. I didn't know it wasn't a felony. Now I didn't know that either. A felony. Wow. But 
Damian Williams. Left and right, right. Our ice cream is all locked up in our, in our shops because of theft. It's crazy. It's a crazy. Cra- that's crazy. In New York. Yeah. I mean, California's not so. There's tons of smash and grab robberies here going on. Uh, the guy's name is Damian Williams. Is the new guy. So. Right. 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 Anyway, is there anything you'd like to add? I mean, I think we've covered a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, it is, it's just a fascinating case. I mean, you're really fortunate that you've covered just a, just some incredible cases. I mean, you can almost look at Maxwell as kind of like a cult. I don't know if she used the heavy-duty mind control of Ranieri or Ray, but she threatened people, and they threatened oh, sure. people. You know, so. All that we know these people, we know pictures of Bill Clinton and – all the famous and connected people that they knew were always displayed in all of their houses. The message was clear to the Maxwell Epstein victims. Don't talk. We have, we own, we own you. We own, we're part of the government. Yeah. We own the politicians. We're part of the government. And Ray's relationship with Sarah Lawrence has not been revealed. And it seems like in my to my mind that he had some kind of relationship that they knew that they had, that they knew a lot more than the, they're, they're saying, because the evidence that's come out in this trial is that a Dean, a Dean was, was notified about this relationship that he had with Claudia Drury, not the prostitute, the, the sex trafficking hadn't happened, but his relationship that started at Sarah Lawrence mentor mentee that's the way she described it in this email that larry ray helped her write so it was disclosed to a dean was disclosed to a professor nancy franklin those two that should tell you that they they knew and why didn't he return back to oh back to back to campus the next year why did he move into this apartment into manhattan what happened there was he not was he not allowed to come back to Sarah Lawrence campus? What happened there? And it's funny, his daughter Talia is a paralegal working for one of these woke social justice organizations in North Carolina. Wow, that's incredible. It's, it's just to me, this is the, the it's like the, there's this story, but this story exists to me as a cautionary tale of the dangers of an ideology that's sweeping this country. Right. I mean, sex yeah. work is great. Yeah, no, they're you're liberated. You're liberated. Everybody deserves no consequences. Right. right. No consequences. Safety is not as important as personal freedom. That, to me, is the the other story within this trial, and I'm sure that doesn't make me very popular with other people attending it. And probably maybe well, probably taken, one of the more cons- conservative people in the in the court. You've taken but, very unpopular positions uh, but you've kept your integrity in my but opinion. i'm so, right so often i have to say i'll toot my own horn i am I, right I, a lot i can't think of one time i thought you were wrong so and all of all the court cases that you cover it's a lot i can't come across where i mean so many of this innocence fraud and someone is the celebritization of uh, these criminals and the, symp- the sympathy Train is such it's so unwarranted. It's just. Did like, you hear that Kim Kardashian just tweeted for a baby killer? No. Blue show in, in Texas, baby abuser and killer. She no. had all her kids taken away. She was abusing them, and and abusing them so much she killed her little baby. 
Oh, was that and, the baby and, that the, the guy on the Joe Rogan show was trying to yes. do a full sympathy ploy for? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Baby killer. Durbin or Dubin. I can't get it. You would think that uh, that supporting a baby killer would ruin your career, but not in this day and age. So I think it's a plus. Sick. It's really sick. They have pictures of that baby. If I remember, it was like the Latina woman, right? And the baby had bruises all over it, right? When it yeah. Died? Yes. Yeah, I don't remember her. Yes. Name. Melissa Lucio and her uh, baby Mariah. Is, is the case. That's so sick. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's like another thing. A jury goes through the whole process and looks at the evidence, but they were wrong. And then this guy Dubin talks about the whole sob story, but that's what's supposed to happen in court, and he should know better, in my opinion. They're never you in know? court. You'll never oh. see Josh Dubin oh, in court. Man. Never. I don't think he understands how the legal system works, and I know he's not reading any of the court transcripts of any of these cases. He just believes whatever the Innocence Project tells. So aggravating. It goes back to our first shows when we were talking about that case about the guy who killed his, his Korean girlfriend. What was that? The uh, What was his name? Adnan Syed. Yeah, it goes all the way through that whole podcast and it just hasn't but stopped. I was just going to say, when they're saying Larry Ray is too smart to record his uh, his own criminal behavior, doesn't that remind you of the West Memphis Three, that they that they weren't criminal masterminds to put these kids in water and get rid of the evidence that's said to be done by a group of professionals? I mean, you heard that stupid argument yeah. in that case, yeah. or that they were cut up to great precision. I think that's a, <sighs> an argument for the for the first stepfather to accuse the first stepfather who was a jeweler and that the, the wounds right. had surgical precision. Right. That's much yeah. a baloney. Yeah. Just like, um, it seems like there's like a limited number of defense arguments and they're used in every case. Good point. Very true. Like you've got, you've got some definite uh, broad angle lens on a lot of court cases because you've covered so many now at this point. Did I hear that uh, Joe Berlin, Berlinger inter, inserted himself into Another criminal case? Did I? Did he show up in Oklahoma or one of those other cases? A uh, Glossop. Glossop. He showed up in Glossop. That's right. He he did that killing Richard Glossop. I always want to call it saving Richard Glossop because that's a more honest title to that mockumentary. I call it. <laughs> it's almost like Final Tap, right? It's, it's just an advocacy piece for Richard Glossop. Which I think is the best case that the Innocence Project has had in a while, because if you know nothing about it, it sounds pretty good. Oh, other guy did it and blamed it on his boss. Until you know, till you read the details of that case, it, it, it sounds good. It's, and I think they might free Richard Glossop. I think they have the best chance of getting him out. There's a whole bunch of Republicans got in love with Richard Glossop. That psychopath wow. trying to get him out of out of off of death row and he's it's been so abusing great. financially exploiting women fortunately none of them will talk um, some of them agreed to talk one of them agreed to talk didn't show up twice <laughs> so they're afraid of him and that should tell you everything you need to know about richard glossop is that the people who were intimately involved with him are afraid of him and should he get out he is a danger Wow. And 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 I guess the Republicans feel like, well, Richard Glossop isn't going to come to my house. Yeah, he's not, they're not worried. He's I helped get him out. Yeah. 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 yeah, he just wants the people who put him in jail. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh! And Berlin, I mean Berlinger just shows up, so he's in Glossop. He's in Donziger, West Memphis Three. I mean, it just doesn't end. It doesn't. End. And one of those Oklahoma politicians, I had. I had no interaction with 
did a preemptive block on me on, on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's so, a shocker. Yeah, that guy, I'm forgetting his name right now, but uh, his wife said in his in the divorce papers that he was soliciting male prostitutes. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> so that's the, the divorce papers Richard are the best. Richard Glossop. <laughs> Oh, you divorce know what? Divorce papers are the best. They Jason have the most Jason Globe is getting time. a divorce, by the way, of the Innocence oh, no. Project. Oh, I can't no. wait to, to get my hands into those, uh, see what's going that, on there. That's why, that's why a lot of people just settle. That's why a lot of the men just yeah. settle right away and don't go to court. You can just have half walk because when the women's about to go into the divorce papers, you can have all of the ugliest stuff imaginable goes right in there, man. Holy smokes. Divorce papers, if it gets to that point, I mean, they're, they're it's like reading the uh, notes on the Star Report, you know, just like all of the dirty stuff. Oh, I remember. I'm still probably devastated I mean, emotionally from the Star Report. Oh, that, that was so unnecessarily salacious. Oh, yeah. That's our Supreme Court justice. That's him. He was the one who did all that stuff for Star do we have to go into these really graphic details about cigars and I don't know if I don't know. I'm sure that's why the Clintons really tried to scalp him is because of that. <laughs> it got worse. It's worse. I mean, go read that. I mean, I don't want to even mention it on my show, what they put in, but it was like, BD, I mean, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to say it. But uh, anyway, it's great to talk with you again. Is there anything you'd like to add? Anything? I mean, why don't you promote your... Uh, Facebook page and your YouTube channel and your okay. I've a YouTube Roberta Glass True Crime Report. I have a Facebook group Roberta Glass True Crime Report. Same thing. I'm on Twitter at Roberta Glass Pod. Please leave me a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thank you. I love yeah, talking cool. to you. It's yeah, I love talking to you as well. Five star review on my pod, uh, iTunes podcast too, if you will. I, I always forget to ask for that, but. It does help. But uh, again, we talked about the Larry Ray trial and the Sarah Lawrence sex cult high strangeness. It just is the weirdest case. It's amazing. But uh, I'm glad that you're there to report on it. So Roberta Glass of the True Crime Report. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. Stay there.